When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So it's a huge weekend at the bottom of the Premier League with Hull hosting Sunderland and, and Swansea at home to Everton. By the time Borough play at Stamford Bridge on Monday night, we'll know exactly what's needed in, in Borough's battle to avoid the drop. We'll be looking ahead to that game and looking back on Steve Agnew's time and uh, games in charge so far and, and the players who've, who've stood out and caught the eye in that time. Uh, before we start with Phil Talentire and Jonathan Taylor, uh, just a shout for our sponsors for this podcast, which is the Reduce Your Risk Lung Cancer Campaign. Uh, it's a campaign run by Middlesbrough Borough Council, Hartlepool Borough Council and uh, the Macmillan Cancer Trust. And it's it's those. Uh, it's, it's aimed at those uh, over the age of 50 who've been smoking for, for a fair old while, have had chest pains for three weeks or more, have been coughing up blood or have had cough for more than a month. You can go and um, get free chest x-rays. Find, for find out more, go on uh, Facebook, Tackling Cancer South Tees, or visit www.reduceyourrisk.co.uk. We'll give that another shout and give you the details once more before we finish, uh, before we finish here. Phil, we'll start with yourself. Um, Steve Agnew spoke about Callum Chambers and the impact he's made since he came back into the side, obviously not including the, the Bournemouth game where, where everyone struggled, but the, the Sunderland and the Manchester City game. Um, Chambers has been excellent, hasn't he? And he's been a big miss. Which players, as well as, as, well as Chambers in those two games, do you think can hold their heads up high in, in, in Agnew's time in charge so far? I think, um, I mean, through the team, there have been, they've been players who, I don't think many players you could say have set the world on fire, but there are players who are clearly applying themselves to the task in hand. Um, I think someone like Stuart Downing's shown an improvement. Um, he's starting to look like the player who can whip in those deadly crosses. Um, uh, for example, Adam Clayton, um, I know he had a bit of a nightmare at Bournemouth, but you, know, you can never question Adam Clayton's commitment here. Yeah. Um, you know, through the team, you look at it. You've got um, uh, George Friends come back, and it, you know he looked a little bit sluggish um, initially, but then um, he's starting to find his feet. So I think we can look at the performances. I don't think, as I say, anybody's really been, been particularly earth-shatteringly good. You know, look at Negredo. I know he was fired up for Man City, but Negredo's performance was immense in that match, wasn't it? So I think any worries that the players weren't playing for Steve Agnew have been. Um, have been proved incorrect, and I think um, I think you can see that those players want to do it for him. You know, you could go right. You know, Ben Gibson's been great all season, hasn't he? Um, you know, Fabio. You, you could you could name nearly every individual, and it's starting to find you're starting to find a core group of players who who want to put it in for him. Uh, John, I guess that kind of adds to the frustration of the season that when you look through the team, you can you can pick out an eleven. Right? Uh, Phil picked out Fabio there, Chambers and Gibson. We know George Friend, but you know it's been an in and out season for him. But there's times where he's building momentum, and then he's been halted by injuries again. Adam Clayton's grown into it. Martin Darun enjoyed his most his best game probably against Manchester City. But when you kind of pick out individual displays like that, it almost adds to the frustration that they haven't been able to put it together as a team on a more consistent basis and, and pick up the points which they might feel that they should have done well they will feel they should have done in certain games yeah I've always kind of said looking at that Borough squad I don't think that they should be where they are look clearly the, the league table doesn't lie and, and Borough deserve to be where they are but with that current playing squad I think they have massively you know, performed within themselves I've always kind of said that they've got 
the centre forward who can score goals, who all of a sudden is showing that he can score goals. He's obviously got three in three and nine, I think, under Agnew, which isn't too bad a return. Um, so they've always had him, and they've always had a solid enough defence. But I think it's uh, certainly at the back. I mean, injuries haven't helped, have they? I mean, they've, they've barely been able to get the back four, uh, the, the first choice back four out on a on a regular basis. I think in midfield, clearly the tactics in the the first half of the season were were too defensive. Um, and, and equally, I mean, I, I don't think that's just a, a Digaito or Karanka. I think that Steve Agnew is also equally culpable in his games when he's swapping and changing formations. He hasn't really found the the best way to get the most out of the players they've got. I think it's been an improvement recently, um, and and clearly the kind of the shackles are off a little bit. Um, but I think, I mean, I just don't think they've got had their best players playing. I mean, look at someone like Gaston Ramirez, who is really a kind of a short. You know, he's a marmite character at the minute, but he's a he's a player who has showed at the start of this season that he has got it. He's got something that can win games, but for one reason or another, Borough haven't been able to get the best out of him. I know he shifted to the left, didn't he, at the start of the season? After you know, he was too easily marked in number ten, and then moved to the left, and then equally Downing's moving left, right, and centre, and. I don't know, I just think perhaps they've, they've tweaked the system too much and, and moved people around too much and perhaps they've maybe overcomplicated over, over it at times. Does that, just going back on that, does that suggest that maybe someone like Gasson isn't as good as we thought he was? You know, when you look at the games that he made a big impact on, it, there were few and far between and there were games against Hull City, who at the time were in the real depths of despair, Bournemouth at home... That was a genuinely outstanding goal, wasn't it? But um, Bournemouth were pretty average that day after after a bright start. Uh, Swansea, you know, Swansea again were were really down among the dead men when Borough played them. I think what we have learned is that in the final analysis of the season, the only real teams Borough have been able to boss have been teams that have been more or less um, down and out. With the exception that, funnily enough, this is the real you mentioned there. Is it frustrating? The real performances have come against the good teams. It's 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 incredible, really. Arsenal away, they were fantastic. Should have won. Man City was a bit of a rear guard away, but at home to Man City, they played well. You know, there've been examples of Borough seem to enjoy playing the good teams more than they do the the lesser teams. Well, that's something to cling to before Monday night and before the yeah, <laughs> Anfield the final day. Uh, just just talking about individuals, Adama Traore has obviously been Borough's brightest spark going forward. He hasn't featured much, or, or, or certainly as much, under Steve Agnew. And Christian Stuani has been preferred on the right the last couple of games. Well, why do you think that is? And do you think we'll see Traore in from the start between now until the end of the season? Do you think if Borough go down, we'll, we'll see him at the club again next season? It's a bit of between a rock and a hard place, isn't it? Because if you put Stuani in, you haven't got a lot in an attacking sense. You know, we saw him running, chasing the ball. Was it against Sunderland where it looked as though he was running through Treacle when he was in a one-on-one? It doesn't really give you a lot. He doesn't look comfortable in that, you know, in that, that role, and I feel for him because he's a striker. Alternatively, you put Traore in there, and you might get five minutes of magic but then he might give the ball away in his own half and, and lead to a goal. So he hasn't really got... I think he's probably going to have to gamble, isn't he? You know, they saw when Triori came on against City, that blistering burst. Otamendi had to literally, you know, commit a foul well, to strap him. Down, yeah, trapped you know. him down. And, you know, that I, it goes back to what we've said about Triori all season. He, the temptation as a coach is to do what the opposition manager wants you to do 
least wants you to do. And I'm I certainly what the opposition players least want you to do. And if you're a defender, you're praying that Triori isn't on the pitch. Now, I don't care that they might say, well, yeah, he might only go past somebody two or three times in the match. But if you're a defender, you're just scared stiff because if he knocks it and goes, you're just not staying with <coughs> Excuse me, you're not staying with him. If you look at the team at the minute, John, especially after the last, <coughs> two, last two games, it probably picks itself on Monday night. Maybe accept that that right sided position. Now we know Antonio Conte whether it, whether there's anything any fact in it or whether it's just tabloid talking. You know Chelsea were linked with Triori earlier this summer. Is it too much of a risk to put him in on Monday night, or, or, or do you cut him in from the off? No, I think it's the opposite. I think it's a risk not to play him because it's a game that we're after win, and I think it's he's been hugely underused this season. Triori, he's he's, look, he's by no means the finished footballer, and we all know that. But I often think that was kind of used as a stick to beat him with. Certainly, for well, for most of the season, I think. It, it, Look, ideally, yes, you want to create the the world's most rounded winger who can attack and defend and do this and put challenges in and beat people. At the end of the day, I mean, there's very few wingers in the world that do all of that perfectly. But in Triore, Borough do have something that none of the rivals have, which is someone with that pace who, who can literally open a game up with the drop of a hat. And I think that Borough maybe have... have kind of being guilty of looking at what he can't do rather than looking at what he can do. Certainly, I thought that was the case under Aitor Karanko and even increasingly I think that's now the case under Steve Agnew given that he's no longer been in and around the squad. But when he does come on the pitch, he looks exciting, like he can do something. There's no one else in that Borough team that can do that. I think he has to start at Chelsea, otherwise you know, questions are asked because otherwise if they do go down and you've got someone like that who is linked with Chelsea, as you mentioned, so the top teams clearly see something in him. I think you have you have to start him. It's detractors fail at point of the fact that I think it's one assist and no goals this season. But but his his fans will say what Jono said there that you know he offers something that Borough just don't have and he, he changes the game and puts defence under under pressure. Where do you stand? With yeah, it? I certainly agree with that. I think those stats don't do him justice to be honest. I mean, you know, he is infuriating. Clearly, if he was the finished article, he wouldn't be at Middlesbrough. He'd still be at Barcelona, wouldn't he? Um, you know, he's. How many times did he put the ball across when it just begging for somebody to tap it in? You know, he's, he should have had two assists at Arsenal, for example. You know, the Negredo missed a great chance at Arsenal, seem to recall. Um, he, you know, he's what he is. He's a he's a mercurial player, and I think in a team like Burrows, where they're so organised, or they're typically being so organised, I think you can afford to have one player like that, providing the person behind is disciplined enough to to, to cover. I'm not sure Barragan was that player. I'm not sure whether Fabio's that kind of player either. I think the other thing is we don't, the thing that we don't see, I suppose, is is the stats and the 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 analysts will go back to the coaches after a match and say, you know, in these dangerous positions in the pitch, player X lost possession, gave the ball away, played a wild pass, whatever, so many times, and they'll look at that and think, we'll do the stats and think, well, Stuani only gave it away three times and Triori gave it away fifteen times. Something like that is is they'll base their decisions sometime on those kind of stats. Uh, before we move on to Martin Deroon, just want to have a talk about Martin Deroon because because uh, Steve Agnew was again asked about him in his press conference on Friday. Uh, just another nudge in the direction of our sponsors for for the Tripe Supper podcast. Uh, it's the Reduce Your Risk Lung Cancer Chest X-ray campaign. Um, if you know someone who's who's over the age of fifty who's been a smoker uh, and has had chest pains for three weeks or more, if they've been coughing.
coughing up blood if, the, if they've had a cough for more than a month or so now then, then please make them aware of the fact that there's these free chest x-ray clinics around Teesside uh, they're available at the James Cook University Hospital at the One Life Centre in Middlesbrough or at Redcar Primary Care Hospital um, for more information if you want to find out more because it's worth checking the, the clinic opening days and times and whatnot so you make sure that they're available when you go uh, you can go on Facebook at, at Tackling Cancer South Tees or www.reduceyourrisk.co.uk um, that's www.reduceyourrisk.co.uk you'll, you'll find out a lot more there uh, Jono, you and you and Phil were both at the press conference on Friday where Steve Agnew was again was asked about Martin Darun. I'd asked him about Darun last week as well just to, to kind of assess the Dutchman's first season in, in the game and, and the manager only had positive things to say about him Darun had what I thought was his best game against Manchester City on Saturday um, what, what, how would you reflect on his first season because he, he came as this kind of crunching holding midfielder didn't he and, he, and now I mean, I mean, you saw it against City on a number of occasions he's turned into this not a number 10 but a midfielder with, with more of an, a, kind of an, a, an attacking approach whose task is to join the, is, is to get in the mm-hmm. penalty box late I think he's certainly improved as the season's gone on as expected with any kind of foreign recruit really I think it took him a long time to settle in um, but I'm puzzled by him I have to admit and, and that's not in a, a negative sense by any stretch but I'm puzzled exactly what he is because usually you can categorise what a midfielder is alright this guy's the anchor man the tough tackling you know, the guy that sits deepest this guy's the the, the kind of um, the talisman the, the attacking guy this guy the box to box I'm not entirely sure what Martin Darun is and I'm not sure many Borough fans know what he is I know that he's, he's very well liked amongst the fans and, and understandably so he's quite, we've all met him he's a charismatic guy and he, he clearly gives 100% which is you know you're he, he winning half of the battle there um, I think that he'll be better next season wherever you know if, if that's at Borough or elsewhere um, but I, I think that for the money that Borough paid, I don't know. I, I expected a little bit more. And you mentioned about the position change. I mean, he he was the top tackler in Italy, wasn't he? So I mean, he expected him to just slot straight into what was probably going to be a four-two-three-one, wasn't it, under right or and and clearly they they didn't think that he was that kind of player. He wasn't he wasn't fitted to be the anchor man in the Premier League. But so they've moved him into a more attacking midfielder as part of a three. And I think at times he's looked decent at it. I think at times he's looked a bit confused by it. But I think that's what would sum up his, his time at Borough so far. It's just a little bit confused of what he is. I still think he's not quite nailed down his place. And I do think he's actually going to become a, a good Premier League footballer. But I think Borough perhaps aren't seeing the very best out of him just because it's that first season. That, that, that move, that kind of uh, positional move, do you think that's because... Adam Clayton was better than him in the holding role. Do you think it's because they'd seen something in him in an attacking sense, or do you think it's because he was one of not the only options? That's probably doing him a disservice, but one of the one of the kind of better options in this this kind of midfield three and the, and the two who play further advanced. What do you think the thinking was there? Yeah, it's, I mean, I think partly what John O says they're not quite sure what sort of player they've got on the hands. I mean, we were all told, weren't we? He was the wave breaker. He was going to come in. He was going to break up tackles and then give the ball to somebody else to play. And, and it's it just hasn't looked like that. I mean, the bigger picture for me is there's so many players who were you know identified and signed last summer particularly who we're still not sure what they're about, what they're for, what the con- you know what their best position is. You know, even you know even someone like Ramirez is he a number ten? Is he a wide player? Um, things like that. Uh, Triori again is a bit of a project. With Darun, um, I got the impression, 
um, and I've not this from anyone inside the club that he was just a little bit indisciplined at first and would wander off and 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 and, and move around the pitch and and you'd have thought he would just sit in front of the back four as as Aitor's defensive midfielders always did and just wait for the player to come to them and then break it up and that wasn't the case was it. Um, I think you're right, and Clayton's probably better at that destructive role anyway. But he's then, in the season, Clayton. Yeah, he yeah. has, yeah, yeah. And you know, he's um, he's he's another player who gives you everything, isn't he? But um, he, th- there is in there in Darun a late arriving player in yeah. the box who can score goals. He's got that knack. He can't, you know, he he is a bit of a Johnny on the spot. And whether he was meant to play there or not, I think what we've learned is that he could possibly play that role. I've seen nothing to suggest that is this top-notch defensive midfielder in the in the in the Paul Ince, the uh, yeah, that kind of role. You know, uh, nothing to suggest that because he doesn't seem to have that um, inbuilt ability just to sit there. Now I don't know whether we don't know what he's been told to do before a match, but I think I think he hasn't p- performed particularly where we expected him to. But there are signs that there's a player in there to come out. But I would say for fourteen million pounds and with three games remaining, he hasn't delivered probably as much as we'd hoped. If if Borough did go down, would you expect him to stay, John? Um, a difficult one. He's, he's, I spoke to him and he said he was very happy here and his family are all settled and they they apparently Middlesbrough has got nice streets and then that's what he, that's his quote. Um, but I, I no, I think there would be interest in him definitely. Um, now he's got his first cap for. For Holland, I suspect that might be in the forefront of his mind, especially heading into um, obviously the, the summer tournament next summer. Um, I reckon they'll be certainly interested in him, but they'd have to pay a fair whack to get him out, obviously because of what Borough paid. Ideally, I mean, a Martin Darum would be brilliant, wouldn't it, if if he stuck with Borough if, if they went down along with. You'd expect Adam Clayton, who, who was you know, probably one of the the best midfielders in the championship, certainly was last year. Adam Forshaw, you know, I think there's more to come from him. Um, interesting whether Grant gets another deal or not. So I think Borough would be well stocked there. But I think, like many players, really, I think that the the kind of a little bit of a victim of who comes in with what offer. I don't. Th- yeah, when team goes make, down. yeah, because if they make money on, um, for example, you know, save Negredo's wage, save Valdez's wage, make some money on Gaston Ramirez. If we're all, we're all hoping for a steal, of course, but there's a good chance they won't. And then you you make money on Ben, for example, which nobody wants to see him go, but reality suggests that he probably will. Borough probably don't need to move Martin mm. to Real on, and then suddenly you've got a couple of players within your squad that other play, other clubs in the division will be looking on with envious eyes, thinking, "Wow, they've got some midfield or they've got some attackers." You know, Triori's another one. If Borough sell. They'd want to get the money back, but if they decided to keep him for another season, who knows? They might loan him out, mm. season-long loan. But whether or not they could do that, or they could might say, "Look, give us a season. You're only 21. Let's see what you can do at that level. Learn how to play football, because that's the one thing he needs to do is to learn how to play a 90-minute match, isn't it? And he's not. He's probably not going to. I don't think he'd probably go to many Premier League clubs and get a game every week. For all the people are talking about a Chelsea interest or a big club interest. I can't see him walking into many teams because of his. The reason he doesn't walk into the Middlesbrough team. Obviously, this season hasn't finished, but one person I think could play a big role should Borough go down um, and play in the Championship next season is Victor Fisher, and he's another one who we've barely seen anything of this year. But I remember Don, me and you were at Villa Park, weren't we, for the the pre-season friendly, and he was electric that yeah. day, absolutely electric. And you looked at him in the way that he moved with the ball. It was very similar, really, to to what Yannick Wilshot that. 
what he had it. He clearly had the ability and he, the way that he moved with the ball at pace. Um, there was a player in there now for whatever reason. He's just completely been anonymous this season. I don't think that he he's he's done great when he's been in the team. But equally, he probably will say, "Well, I haven't had a fair crack of the whip." Unlike you know, unlike a Darun, for example, who has been in the team week in week out. But I think Fisher in the championship could be a really really good prospect. I reckon with a, a year behind him in England and and that kind of raw pace that he's got. Um, he's one that like Triore really he, he could really if they did stay they could make a big impact next year Fellas we'll leave it there thank you